welcome everybody the big dudes in the trenches podcast i am doug and i am back with the boys to be talking about some sports action you know how we do uh i am just in time by the way i wasn't here last week but i am back just in time with like an hour to spare until tip off for the national championship north carolina kansas let's break it down the matchup that we didn't know we wanted but it's here I, at least Kansas is good at something that's not football. Uh, yeah, you know I'm all for uh, teams that get away with NCAA violations, and then my team gets fucked over. It makes me makes me feel good right here, right here. And that is the hard cutting analysis that we all expected from the basketball boys. This has been another edition of Basketball Hour. Dude, April Fool's Day was Friday. <laughs> You know it what we're really counts. here for. It still counts. Hey, it's uh, we didn't have an episode on April Fool's Day, so this is the closest, the best I can do. All right, I tried, and you didn't let me continue, but I was really gonna go with it for a long time. But all right, so we're here to talk yeah, about I football. Yeah, I didn't want to. We're here to talk about football, <laughs> as we do. Um, we get we got some NFL stuff to talk about. We have some non NFL stuff to talk about. A little bit of college news, but it'll be very brief. Um, a couple of retirements we need to talk about. And, of course, some more signings. Man, this is going to be another loaded show. Very NFL heavy, but that's the season we're in. I'm okay with that. It's uh, kind of getting, the season we're in, right? Kind we're of. getting closer and closer to draft, draft time. So be on the lookout for this week's mock draft. I'll have another one up on bdtfootball.com. And also, we're getting closer to that seven-round mock draft that I'm very much looking forward to putting together. Maybe no analysis in that one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. But before we get started today, do you guys have anything to say? Or do we want to just hop straight into the news? Man, let's jump right on into it. I'm just saying it's about to be FCF preseason. We're going to talk more about that later. But yeah, let's start with NFL news. That's what everybody really wants to hear about. So we have to talk about Bruce Arians. I know it feels like forever ago, but we haven't had an episode since then. So we're talking about Bruce Arians right now. He quote-unquote retires. He leaves the sidelines, essentially, and takes a role with the front office. The Buccaneers promote Todd Bowles to head coach. And this is both interesting and concerning to some people in the league. Take it away. Before we get into the the rest of that, I do want to say that I feel like this retirement is 100% tied to Tom Brady coming back. Uh, The timing of it is just too weird to not be, uh, especially with all those reports of them not really agreeing with each other anymore. There is probably something to that at this point if if with how this shook out. I don't even care about that. I'm more concerned about the fact that the Rooney rule basically doesn't mean anything. Uh, and, and to be fair, like I don't, I don't understand why the Bucks would have had to have interviewed other minority candidates if you know Bruce Arians had retired before what was it March one? Was that the date? Like that's the line in the sand. If you if you retire, you need to find a head coach before March one. You have to interview minority candidates outside of your organization, which I don't I don't understand why it has to be the the outside of your organization piece applies because you're rewarding teams for developing guys in their organization if they leave, you know, with the compensatory picks. So 
I don't understand why that's a stipulation. It's kind of funny to me too now because I don't think there's any stipulation that says you have to have somebody hired by March 1st. You're just kind of dumb if you don't, right? So maybe you just – maybe we'll see I'm, – I'm curious if we'll see a team wait until March 1st. You know, fire coach midseason, just have an interim until March 1st before they announce. That would you know, be a new stupid head coach. and hilarious. I – I would love to see it, though, just to further explain how pointless and dumb the Rooney rule is because this is peak ineffectiveness of the rule that the NFL put out to try and, you know, fix this problem. I don't know what else we expect anymore because we've been saying for years how this rule doesn't do anything, and this just goes more to it. Um, And I I understand the whole, hey, you don't have to – interview outside coaches period dot after March 1st, because after March 1st, the teams don't have to let you. So I, I understand why that part falls away, but again, it brings down the bring breaks it down to the, why are you hamstringing some of these guys into interviewing people when they already have their coach identified? Yeah. You know, sham interviews have always been a thing. It's not, you know, it's not exclusive to the NFL world. It happens all over the place. But would it be ideal if, you know, we actually had real interviews all the time? That'd be fine. That'd be fine. Um, yeah, the Rooney rule does nothing. So anyway, let's, <laughs> I guess let's just keep going. Uh, the one helmet rule is dead. We've known about this for a while now, but we're also getting some discussion on alternate uniforms now we know for sure that the cream sickles are back as soon as possible i hate them i you don't deserve a vote then we're going to (laughs) take away your right to vote in the united states um and (laughs) the philadelphia eagles you're a felon if you don't like the cream sickles we've just disenfranchised tug live on on the air And also the Philadelphia Eagles are bringing back their old Kelly Greens. Literally, the words were, we will make them as faithfully, as, as faithful recreations as we possibly can. So they are trying to very literally bring back the old Eagles uniforms, which I'm very excited about. I'm excited for it, but why would they not be able to make them exactly? Is it because jerseys and materials are the different materials, and then they're and never even if you, requirements on certain things, certain pieces, certain components. Well, yeah, I mean the helmets one thing, but the other issue is like pads are just made differently now. Anyway, like you don't see right. linebackers like Lawrence Taylor looking like they got fucking cardboard boxes on their shoulders. Well, that's yeah. because they did like... exactly. So we don't have that anymore. So we're not gonna. It's not gonna be exactly the same. But it's going to yeah. look very, very close, which I'm excited about. Uh, what do you guys think about this? Are there any other uniforms you want to see come back? And what are you looking forward to with this? I, I, I love this. I hated the one helmet rule because it did rob a lot of a lot of different fan bases of their of their history of their tradition. Um, that being said, I really wish that Titans would pull out the Oilers. I know it's not going to happen, but I almost wish they did. And then. As much as I hate the Patriots, I'm kind of excited to see the uh, Pat Patriot come back. I hope the Bears uh, come back with their helmets. <laughs> be nice, right? 
Uh, I, I honestly, I want to see the Falcons with the red helmets. I want to see that again. I want to see Pat Patriot come back. I want to see the white helmets for Dallas. And you know, we're we're only looking at this from the throwback lens right now. But I also want to see teams. You know, we had the color rush color rush uniforms like two, three years ago. So I'm I want to see teams you know bring the color rush back and have a different uniform with it because it like when the when the Jets went to the like they aren't chrome but you know more glossy finished green helmets that was a huge deal because it was a different helmet you know so often you see you know, teams get new uniforms and the helmet might you know might be a slight tweak or you know nothing huge and even even the Lions when they changed the logo all they did was add some stripes you know, in the, in the piping of the tiger or lion. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, I said, stripes and, Oz, baby. Uh, house, I, I said, stripes and guy. threw myself off. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it is, but I, I would love to see more creativity in uniform design in general for alternates and so on. So this obviously the Browns to have a helmet design. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously everybody's going to think of what they know, right? We all know the cream schools. We all know the Kelly greens, like that stuff, everybody knows. And I think another one that fans are clamoring for is a throwback for the Seahawks going back to the silver helmets, right? Yes. I would yep. love that so much. As long as the Packers avoid their shitty, weird blue and. Oh, like whatever. they look like they work at a meat packing plant. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one. Well, throwback to history, you know, Get a get the old logo for the Steelers back while we're at it. Get like the fifties old Iron Worker logo. That'd be great. See the logos you could always mess with though. That's what throws me off because those are just stickers, yeah. right? So as long as you have the same base paint on the helmet, you could use your throwbacks. Yeah, and that's how the Bears got away with their nasty and the Dolphins stripies. But although the Dolphins are are sick. The dolphins are mid. We've known this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but one team we will not see any throwbacks for is the Washington Commanders, uh, who are embroiled <laughs> oh, in some oh, controversy no. right now. Shocking. But once again. <laughs> oh, my God. Never. <laughs> the Washington um, Commanders in trouble? I never would have foreseen this. Well, apparently now Dan Snyder has been withholding uh, – Money from the rest of the league is supposed to go to the league pool, and now some things are actually going to happen to him because the other owners' pockets got lighter, and so that's that's going to change well, some things. The the killer is it's not that they got lighter, it's just that they didn't get as heavy as they should have been, right? These guys aren't going broke because Dan Snyder's not pulling money in. That being yes, said, they are. What are you talking about? Exactly. That being said, I'm also completely shocked, if you can't tell that, Dan Snyder is once again the center of this controversy. Wow. What the what what a least expected thing ever to have happened. Yeah, it's very surprising, I know. But apparently he was withholding like forty percent of his ticket sale revenue from the rest of the league, which was, you know, supposed to go to a big pool of money that the owners shared. I mean, to be fair... What do they do with that money? The NFL is a non-profit league. What do they do with that money? They split to, it between the owners. To be fair... And go to pay if Dan's inflated salary. If Dan Snyder was taking that money and putting it into fixing FedEx Field or just building a new stadium in general, I don't know that anybody would complain about that. The problem was, I was don't think that's it. what he was doing. Yeah, he was just pocketing Maybe spending shit. it on some cheerleader photos. 
I was gonna say no. He's oh, he's Jesus using Christ. it to pay his lawyers. <sighs> One benefit of the NFL being a nonprofit organization is that we do get to see Roger Goodell's salary, and it is currently sixty three point nine million dollars per year. God damn. Which uh, I don't appreciate. I would prefer it didn't. Yeah, I would prefer that weren't true. Nothing, nothing had it best than when South Park did the episode about the NFL and they had the Goodell bot, which because that's honestly how it feels and what he is is. What do the owners want me to do? Okay, that. You know, he could really improve my like my opinion of him if he changed his salary to sixty nine point four two million dollars a year. Yeah. Yeah, I like might exactly. be okay with that. Not not four two and some change. Right. No, no four two zero. Exactly that. He might get away with that one with me personally. But speaking of millions of dollars, um, well, the Bills are getting a billion dollars. Fitting, fitting with their name um, from the state of New York. So that means if you live in the state of New York, your taxpayer money is going to this new stadium up in Buffalo. What a Very slap exciting. in the face to Jets fans and Giants fans. New York won't even pay for their stadium because they're not in New York. But here they are using their tax money to pay for the bills. The team that's actually in New York. I mean, maybe exactly. maybe New Jersey will start raising their taxes and New Jersey residents will kick in can, for the uh, for the. Can teams. they go any higher? I mean, can New York's going any higher. Yeah. What are you talking about? Valid. I mean. Yeah, so apparently it's like eight hundred million for the stadium itself, but then there's a big component of the lease that the state of New York is also paying up front for. Comes out to about a billion dollars in total. At that point, who's counting? So wait, the bills aren't even paying for their lease. You are correct, good sir. Jesus Christ! Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Well, don't worry. They're still pushing like. Five six hundred million dollars of their own personal money to finish out this stadium because yeah, they couldn't be a pay big, for the lease. Big humdinger. But that's like saying, "Don't worry, guys. I, I put all the oh, appliances yeah. in my apartment, but I'm not going to pay the rent for the next year. Don't worry, we're good." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what it's like. Yes, I like that analogy. Um, I don't think the residents of the state of New York will like that analogy. <laughs> So here's my question. What happens when that bill passes? Because it'll probably pass for no reason through uh, the federal government that says no more public funding for private stadiums. What what ends up happening with that? Does the money just disappear? I think it'll be grandfathered in. If the bills aren't paying their own lease, if the state of New York or the city of Buffalo or whoever is paying, like saying, hey, you're going to be our primary tenant, then I don't think it's a private stadium i think it's a public stadium but they can still make the rent or prices to rent it out so astronomical that it's not going to be affordable like i know the steelers do you know you can rent it out for your wedding wrigley field up in chicago you can rent it out for private events and there's even concerts at wrigley field frequently same thing with bush stadium in st louis fenway right you know so it's i don't I think I think to the to the average citizen, it is still very much going to be a private stadium or strictly, you know, home to the Buffalo Bills. But if you live in that area, there's going to be other functions that go on there. 
No, and, and, and you're right, and that drives home to why I still say that public funding is actually good for these stadiums in general, as long as you don't just build a stadium, you kind of build around it, which Buffalo has the room to do that we saw when we looked at that map. But the, the issue becomes is if you outlaw it, are they grandfathered in, right? With the lease, technically you're right. It will become the Bills' home and only the Bills' home. That being said, what happens if the state of New York decides that they don't want them there anymore? Or even worse, the Bills aren't paying their rent because the state of New York covering it. What's stopping them from still packing up shop when their fans stop coming because they suck again and they move it up to Toronto? What what are they going to do then? You're getting into some technicalities of the law that none of us can answer. So, I, These are the things that intrigue me about it, though. Well, you're on the wrong show for answers to those questions. <laughs> we can pose those questions, but I got nothing for you, man. I'm sorry. No, no, that's valid. That's what I expected. When the Bills win the Super Bowl this year, because they definitely will because they're getting a new stadium, um, <laughs> we, we'll, we'll see what happens then. Yeah, since you asked this question, I'll post it because I want to see Ben's reaction. Uh, ben, did do they do we get a cold weather Super Bowl again when the Bills build their new stadium? Because that's the the bill of sale to the NFL. I have a new dome, stadium. It said it's going to be open air. Then they will not host the Super Bowl. They might. They might. The, the current what, trend didn't they, is didn't new they stadium equals host. Didn't they say it wasn't going to have enough seats anyway? The only place that's going to get that exception is Vegas because it's Vegas. Well, that's true, actually. I didn't think about the seat requirements. I don't remember what the seat requirements are. If Chicago can't get the seat required, like if Chicago can't get that waived, Buffalo sure as hell isn't going to get it waived. Now, obviously, there's a shit ton of problems with Soldier Field. But (laughs) I don't don't know that if Chicago builds an open-air stadium in – I don't know if they build an open-air stadium in Arlington Heights if they're getting the Super Bowl either. I think they should because that would be awesome. But you know, I agree. Nobody's asking me though. Nobody's paying me sixty nine point four two million dollars a year to make those decisions. Dude, the so, NFL would be so much better if I was in charge. I'm just saying. They would have. They wouldn't have to pay as much either. I could lower ticket prices. Boom. They could pay me two million dollars. You need annual. seventy thousand seats it. for a Super Bowl, yeah. And the Bills are coming in ten thousand short of that. Yeah, I don't think they get waived. That's so stupid. Why would they do that? Why would they do it, that? If it, if it was an indoor, New, the state of New York is paying for it. If it was an indoor stadium, I'd say maybe, maybe they could get it waived. Not for an outdoor stadium in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, Orchid Park, or wherever the fuck it is. Even Minneapolis fronted enough money to be able to build one big enough. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I, we've had this discussion. I agree. They, they're they selling themselves short significantly. That's just really stupid, especially if the state's paying a billion dollars of it. Well, wait, wait. But, I figured this out because if you don't make that much in ticket revenue, then you don't have to pull it with the rest of the NFL, and you can pocket more for yourself. I got it. I figured it out, guys. Sounds like wow. you're doing Dan Snyder math. Two book Dan. Cooking the books. Surest way to get to prison. All right. Anyway, let's just ask any governor of the state of Illinois ever. Just, just ask any mobster or any criminal ever that couldn't get off, couldn't get caught on murder, but God damn it, the IRS got him. AKA governors of Illinois. Right, AKA so... OJ. <laughs> Al Capone. So, moving on to, <clears throat> we have over unders for win totals uh, for 
this season, upcoming NFL season, provided by the Caesars Sportsbook. It's very w- interesting to see. I these wonder if Calvin Ridley took a look at these. Hmm. Um, maybe. Hmm. But anyway, <laughs> we're looking at each of the teams right in front of us. Um, I also have the totals here by division, so we can see who Vegas thinks is going to be the best division, the AFC West. Um, also, Shocker. I have a standard deviation I calculated here just because I thought it would be interesting for us to see who would be the most competitive division, who's the closest to each other in terms of win totals. AFC West, shocker. Um, By a pretty good margin, too. Yeah. Well, the AFC North is doing okay for itself there. Yeah, uh, but but when you have 10 and a half, 10, 10, and 8 and a half, that looks a lot better than 3 by 9 and a half and 1, 7 and a half. Right. Even that standard, yeah. But I'm saying competitive-wise, you're looking at AFC West, AFC North, AFC East. Uh, total wins wise, <laughs> but the <laughs> NFC East, the NFC East is only going to be competitive because they all suck. That's what I'm right. saying. We all like I'm considered total wins. I'm looking at you know the AFC East. I'm probably taking the over on the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. I'm looking at the AFC North. I'm probably taking the over on all of them, yeah, except the Steelers because they got too many questions at quarterback. I'm taking the under on the Browns too because they're. Uh, Literal. That's that's up in the air. I'll give you I'll give you that. But you look at the AFC South, Colts, Titans take the over. AFC West, you're taking the over on everybody. NFC East, you're taking the under on probably everybody. <laughs> I think it's probably a safe bet, and one of those teams is making the playoffs, right? I might be taking the under on the. I I am taking the under on the Packers and the North. I'll take the over on the Bears. Everyone else, I think. Why? Is- why would you take the under on the Packers? The Packers are at eleven, by the way. It, who else? Who do they have outside Aaron Rodgers right now? He doesn't have his receiving threat. He doesn't have a defense. Have you have you seen his numbers without Devontae Adams? I even still, man. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take the under on it. I do think they hit ten wins. I think they hit double digit. I don't think they get that eleventh or that twelfth. They play the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings twice. Yeah, there's six of their wins. I mean, okay. <laughs> All right, interesting. Uh, the Falcons at five and a half, Panthers at six, Saints at seven and a half. Very easy path to the playoffs with Buccaneers expected. Mm-hmm. And the NFC West is really being dragged down by the Seahawks now. Uh, no Russell Wilson means they dropped probably three wins here to six. I'm... I would say that's probably about right. I would have put him at five. I would. I would not have been all surprised to see him at five or four, though. Either, being completely honest, there. Well, four would be surprising. I mean, the only team they have that low is the Texans. I still think the Seahawks might, four and a half. might be better than the Texans. Still. I'll I'll throw this out here too. I don't know how the Vikings are at nine. <clears throat> which, by the way, whoever came out with these and didn't put half numbers for everybody is a dickhead. Like facts. Come on. Uh, but the Vikings at nine surprised me. That's Caesars for you. Some, yeah, some pushes. <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals at nine kind of surprised me. I would expect them to be maybe ten or eleven, if I'm being completely honest. And even the Jags up at six and a half. There's, there's going to be improvement. It's already showing itself. 
but there is so many unanswered questions about that team. That seems like a big jump to take for a team that won, what, three games last year? So, so I think a lot of these numbers being deflated a little bit, like you said, the Cardinals, like uh, the Vikings being at nine, a lot of those are taking into account who they play in the division. That's why you don't have a clear-cut winner with the Colts and the Titans, right? Because they play each other twice. So they are taking into account divisional opponents and probably their entire schedule. I would hope they're taking that into account. Um even though we don't know what the actual schedule looks like yet, we know who their opponents are. Oh, and you also have to think, we're actually going to play 17 games. The highest win total they have on here is 11 and a half. We're going to have a team at least go 13 and four. It happens every Mm -hmm. year, basically. You have a team at least go 12 wins. You're going to have teams hit the over. It's just, these are the starting points. Here's where you can kind of make some guesses. You think over or under. That's uh, pretty interesting totals here. This is fun to do at this point, too, to see the initial one come out. Right. And then look at where it is after the draft and then after training camp and things like that. It's fun to see these evolve. They're Jax always... had three wins, by the way. I think I said four. So No, you said three. You're good. Oh, boom. Good nailed it. Oh, yeah, because um... you're, you're an encyclopedia. I forgot. <laughs> Dougapedia. Dude, I Dude that'd be a fantastic book. The Dougapedia of college football. Subscribe to Patreon. <laughs> hey, enough Patreon supporters, I will write a book. Yes. I haven't I didn't set a total intentionally. Get enough and I'll write a book. <laughs> six six to nine and he'll start really considering it. Sixty nine and we're, we're we're cooking with gas. You mean six to nine thousand dollars a month? Yeah, I'll consider it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sign up on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash PTT football. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's kind of all we wanted to talk about for the NFL right now. We have some signings, some extensions, some retirements to get to here in a bit. But first, let's go ahead and jump to some non-NFL pro news. And I'll hand it to my boy, Bug. What you got, man? All right. So the USFL schedule is officially out. No preseason. Uh, I was actually in Montgomery, Alabama for the past month. Uh, you can tell my setup is a little different than it has been for the past couple shows, obviously. And uh, I was asking because Birmingham's only – it really turns into about a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive, even though it's, you know, 30 miles away. But there's legitimately an hour and a half to two hours of traffic from just different random traffic jams. It's It was the bane of my existence going anywhere north of Montgomery. I'm still irritated about it, if you can't tell. Uh, I kept asking if they're going to have open practices preseason, any of that. I never got a response. My feelings are hurt. And the USFL was going to be second place as far as my interest or viewing pleasure to begin with. Uh, However, that kind of solidified it. But with that being said, I write the notes for this. So I do want to point out one thing in particular about the schedule. On April 30th, it's the only singular day where all former Memphis University of Memphis players will be playing on the same day. All of so, them? Yes. All the ones in, in the all, USFL. God damn it, Doug. All living former Memphis football players will be on the field at the same time. Hey, side Hell note. Yeah. Side note, I also saw them say, you know, claiming Mike Tomlin is a former Tiger. I was like, wait, hold the fuck on. Hold on for a minute. 
No, he was a fucking grad assistant in 96 when they beat Peyton Manning and the Tennessee Volunteers. Hey, like, that makes you a Tiger for life. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you only won four games, but everybody on that team, Tiger Hall of Fame, man. <laughs> <laughs> that one counts for like seven, so it's fine. Uh, I will say, though, you know, even though the USFL is going to take like a backseat to me uh, for the FCF, which I'm going to get to, don't worry. Uh, we, we talked about it. April 16th, their debut is going to be on Fox, NBC, and Peacock. So one game, three channels on rivaling networks, and obviously Peacock being a streaming service. Uh, it's going to be split between the Fox and NBC Universal family uh, throughout the season as well. While it's going to take that backseat, they're going to be playing games on Sundays as well as Saturdays. It's not all going to be speci- you know, on one singular day. Even week two, they're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? So you can get – or is it Saturday? I, I probably should have a schedule or a – It'd be good. Calendar up while I'm looking at this. <laughs> hey, I was right. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What do you know? Okay. What what days are they streaming on the cock? God damn it. Yes. Uh, so if you're looking forward, we'll we'll talk more about opening weekend next week. Uh, we're obviously going to be right up on it. Uh, but the 16th, obviously, first game of the season, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be on Peacock on the cock. And then on the 17th, on Sunday, that 12 p.m. Eastern game will also be on NBC and the cock. Guys, guys, I'm stuck right now because all I heard was Doug say, when can we catch it on the cock? And then Ben saying, we're going to be stuck right up on it. Like, (laughs) I I can't. (laughs) One last thing. We said it from the about the USFL, I should say, for for this week, at least. We've been saying it from the beginning, you know, when they first announced the schedule, it looked like, hey, championship weekend is going to be the 4th of July weekend. Official date is going to be July 3rd in Canton, Ohio. I can't think of a better way to spend the 4th of July weekend than watching a football championship game. On the cock. On the Hall of Fame field. Well, I'm I, I would take that trip to Canton. I'm suggesting that, you know, if you want to meet us, at least one of us. We'll probably be there. <laughs> Not more of us. That's a, that's a hint. It's worth all our listeners. Worth the trip. Worth the trip. <laughs> I I don't know what I'd do with my hands. Anyway, moving on to the next one, the FCF. We talked. You know, we got to start where I don't know where everybody kind of goes to when they hear the FCF anymore. Crypto NFTs. Some people are, you know, it's kind of getting a bad rap with some people because of that. I think it's awesome. And on that NFT train, there's only one team that has sold all of their ballers, all their NFTs as the Board Apes Football Club. If you are familiar with NFTs at all, the Board Board Apes Yacht Club is one of the most popular ones out there right now. So it makes sense that they minted all of theirs first. However, every other team is going to have still has ballers available. So if you're into it and you want to get in on this, you know, this is the first NFT to mint that has very real world application and use. And this is the way a lot of NFTs are going. I can get into a whole conversation about that. I'm not going to. I haven't minted one yet. I want to. Trust me, I do. Better get on it. I I'm He's hoping that I'm hoping time doesn't run out like that. Like that is that is a concern. Uh, but the other three teams, they do still have thousands, 
per team of NFTs left, of ballers left. So if you're well, into you're it, not, probably not going to be able to get the Steve Aoki one because he's going to be performing and people are going to be snatching that one up. Right. So opening week is also going to be the 16th, and I'll get to that here in a minute. There is a seven week season that is going to happen this year. There's more teams, more teams, more fun, more better. That also means we're going to have a preseason game, and that is this Saturday, everybody. So, I, you know, I said, hey, we're going to talk more about the USFL next week because the FCF is, for all intents and purposes, starting this week. Now, they're going to do, uh, they're going to do this in two sessions. All the games are still going to be played on Saturdays, but there's going to be two sessions. The preseason is no different, just the times are going to be a little bit later. For the preseason, this Saturday on Twitch – on uh, NBC LX, is that what the other thing was? They're doing some experimental streaming service. They're not doing it on the cock. <laughs> I'm not sure. NBC Universal and Dazzin. I'm gonna watch on Twitch. That's how I've always watched it. That's how I'm gonna continue to watch it. But for preseason this week, 4 p.m. Eastern for the first session, and then the second session is going to start at 9 p.m. Eastern. Let me just confirm that because it might have actually been 10. My times were showing up in central time because, well, I'm in central time. What time did it say? Eight? I think it said nine. That's why I'm second guessing myself right now. Well, then you need to write notes better. One. Hey, we were we were having a full-up conversation, all right? Shit <laughs> up. Yeah, so it's going to be 4 p.m. Eastern, and the second session will start at 10 p.m. Eastern. So it's going to be That's a late, late. night. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that is very late. It's going to be a late night, but overall, I'm excited for it. I don't know if I'll watch both sessions because it is going to be so much later. Once the regular season starts, though, all the sessions are going to follow the same pattern. First session will start at 1 p.m. Eastern, and the second session will start at 7 p.m. Eastern every Saturday. So call right, this so- preseason game a 38 special. Because they're going to be rocking into the night, rocking <laughs> right. into the night. There have also been ticket packages announced. I'm just going to leave you alone. You can keep doing your own thing. There have been ticket packages announced starting from $20 all the way up to $5,000. A lot of different inclusive things going on with this. The arena that they have bought, they just started putting turf down two days ago. It still looks pretty bare bones. I'm curious to see what it looks like when we have these preseason games this weekend because that is really going to tell you how much they're going to be able to deliver week one, which is important because, as we mentioned, Steve Aoki is going to be performing opening weekend. I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. And I just I can't wait for the FCF to get into this regular schedule of putting out videos, having the draft, having the games, putting out videos, having the draft, having the game. It's going to be a fun time. I I cannot wait. I'm even I'm so excited. I'm wearing my Wild Aces shirt right now. RIP Wild Aces, portion out. <laughs> should have been I, stars, man. You guys should have been stars. Oh, man, I don't want to buy. Should have been stars. I wish I could just change my team. Well, get Hold a new account and rock with the beasts, man. No. No, I'll. I'd rather buy an NFT. Honestly, the, the Zappers will help you out. We 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 have a team for you. Johnny Manziel is back. 
Right. Yeah, he was he spotted is. in a bar groping his girlfriend. <laughs> that was. Hey, hey I've heard this one before. We we don't deserve. <laughs> no, he was actually in a relationship with this woman. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is okay. in a relationship. Better, better than Meyer. Oh, better. There you go. There you go. But I'm just saying, we don't deserve Johnny Football and FCF for that. I love you. I, I'm tapped out. I'm tapped out. I got nothing left to give. Uh, <laughs> I, might, I don't know that I will write a review uh, about the preseason of the FCF. I might. I might. It, it, if it's worth writing about. And it might be. It might be, honestly. Uh, especially especially if I see a draft show and how all that shit's going to shake out this week. So. Right. We'll see. We'll see. But that's it for non-NFL Pro News this week. We're going to get uh, swamped with it next week because it's probably going to be my only chance to really dive into it because then it's going to be all draft from there on out. Oh, yes. NFL draft's coming up. But, um, you know, trying to think of a snappy transition. It's not coming to me. we got to talk about college news. Let's just snap right into it. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) That was not as good as you think it was. So, <laughs> I know Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Miss. We have known these schools are wanting to leave Conference USA and go join the Sun Belt. What we didn't know until pretty recently is that they're actually going to be able to do it for this coming season. So, if you remember, uh, Old Dominion actually did get a restraining order against Conference USA, and it was a whole big ordeal. So, they're going ahead and leaving. Marshall, Old Dominion, Southern Miss are in the Sun Belt now and are going to be playing football in the Sun Belt this coming season. Both conferences had to re-release schedules. It was a whole ordeal. So pretty exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. The Sun Belt got better, and Old Dominion hopefully gets some more money out of this because they need it because they are not good. Um, <laughs> you know, who else got more money, though, is Pat Narduzzi. Um, win an ACC championship with Pitt, and they will love you for it for a long time. This current contract that he just signed, this extension through 2030, would make him the second longest tenured coach in Pitt history behind a guy in the 20s and 30s. So it's pretty good. He also got a pretty big raise. Hey, he's part of the 20s and 30s. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, let's talk about the 1920s, but you are correct. So, yeah, Pat Narduzzi staying at Pitt. We'll see what they do if they can keep up the success after Kenny Pickett leaves in this upcoming NFL draft. We will see. Uh, Mike Gundy also got himself a raise, a million dollars per year bump up after getting second place in the Big 12. What a what an exciting championship game that was. That was pretty awesome. They also did win the Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame and it's not really a contract extension. Mike Gundy kind of has a lifetime contract. Uh, it's perpetual five-year contract. That's <laughs> the way it's actually worded. I, I love it, man. So he gets an automatic one-year extension every year on his five-year contract. <laughs> so he got a $1 million raise. Pretty great. Um, and then down to the FCS, we have a little bit of news here. Murray State, one of the founding members of the Ohio Valley Conference back in 1948, is leaving the Ohio Valley Conference to join the the Missouri Valley Conference 
the much better Valley Conference, must say. Uh, starting in 2023, they will be the 12th football member of the Missouri Valley Conference. Very much so looking forward to that. Murray State Racers have been on the rise in multiple sports, uh, multiple sports here recently. So coming to the Missouri Valley Conference is a big step up in competition and in potential revenue. Very much so looking forward to that. Uh, really close to Bowling Green, Kentucky area. If you don't know where Murray State is, just think of where Corvettes come from. That's right around there. That's why they're called the Racers, because uh, Corvettes and horses, uh, it's all right there. It all comes together. Makes sense. <laughs> and if you need any other reason to be excited about Murray State football, you're a last chance U alum. Doug, this name's for you. I know his first name is New. That's all he was ever referred to as on the show. I got nothing on this last name, brother. That's fair. It looks... Um, it's it's Pacific, Pacific Islander, yeah. <laughs> it's Pacific Islander. Uh, you have a Tongo Bailoa on your team, Tug. You want to give it a go? <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to figure out how to pronounce that name properly? Uh, Tongava, Tongavu. Uh, I I I have Tongava. it. Tongava. New T. <sighs> Nut. Boo. Yeah, Boo. it's Nut. His name is Nut. Boo. <laughs> it's terrible. That's it's really either crazy. Nut or Awful. it's either Nut or Nudie. Like your choice, man. I I don't care. Wow. All right, we're gonna call. It I news. know something that didn't make you Nut, and that was losing Devonte Parker to a division rival. So I I'm I'm finally getting some some background on this. Um, as soon as we traded for Tyreek Hill, Devonte Parker went to the front office and requested permission to seek a trade. There were a couple teams interested, but what it came down to it when it when it broke down, uh, Devontae wanted to go to New England. So Miami, actually being a decent organization, said, "All right, let's work you a deal." Uh, also tells me that yeah. wait, 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 an organization that is being accused of telling their coach to throw games—you just called a decent organization. Look, they got to put a front on somehow. I guess, man. Um, honestly. It's it's a good trade. I wish it wasn't within the division, um, but but it is. What, what are you going to do? And frankly, Byron Jones or Xavier Howard would be uh, able to cover Devontae Parker anyway. We're we're typing out the full details of another trade. Yeah, this uh, one kind of just here. happened. Yeah, I I saw something about this. And it was an unconfirmed source earlier in the day. Uh, the Eagles and Saints have worked out a trade, a draft day trade. No players involved, it is strictly picks. Uh, it looks like Philadelphia is moving back to 18 and the Saints are moving up to 16. There are other picks involved. Yeah. That's what Doug's typing out here. So it's not just that. So New Orleans is getting two first round picks this year. If you'll remember, the Eagles had three first-round picks this year. Now they will also have two this year. Um, so they're moving back from 16 to 18. But they're also moving up from 19 also, to 18. They're also giving up number 19 in the process. Uh, so the, I'm just going to read the full details here. This will make a little bit more sense. So New Orleans is sending Philadelphia the number 18 overall pick number 101 and number 100 uh, number 237 this year plus a first round pick next year 
and a second round pick in the year after that. That's a lot. So what are they getting in return? They're getting number 16, number 19, and number 194 this year. So essentially they're moving up and moving back in again to the first round this year. That is, that's a pretty significant movement. Um, you don't normally do that unless you're trying to load up on pieces to move up and get a quarterback. So there are probably going to be some more trades happening, I would say. When I saw this come through from my source, I just kind of read it and I was like, uh, it made my brain hurt. (laughs) You know, just all the numbers in there. The only thing that confuses me is, like you were saying, Doug, usually you do this with a target, a specific target in mind. Mm -hmm. Historically, it's been a quarterback. My question is, who are the Saints going after? Because even with these two, number 16, number 19, you still can't crack the top 10 with that yet. You can probably crack the top 10. You cannot crack it very far. I think you can probably move with the Seahawks at 10 with 16 and 19 plus another pick. Um, it's it's going to be tough. So so you're our mock draft expert here. Where, where should the Saints be targeting right now? Either at their current position or if they trade up. What, what are you projecting that they'd reach for? If I were the Saints, I would not draft a quarterback this year. And that's my so, expectation, too. So for them to do this already may, doesn't make sense to me with my expectations for the draft. Could but they be going after a receiver? They were already in position for a pretty good one at 18. You're not going to see you're not going to see five, six receivers go off the board already at 18. You're just not. I, I'm just trying to think of who else is that good to justify this type of movement for the thing that they're Outside looking of at quarterback. So I will say the only thing that makes sense is if they're going to stay put at 16 and 19, they have another guy in that range that they deem they can't miss. They have to get. So it would be probably be a receiver plus something else. I don't know what that would be. I Tackle. mean, the board's really flexible on some of that stuff. I don't know if tackles are going to make it to 16 even like some of these guys. There are four tackles at the top of the board, and they might all be gone by 16. And that that's the only thing I'm thinking, because I'm thinking of what they have to replace. Right. That could make sense, but I don't know that a tackle falls to 16. No, and that's... I don't know. Yeah, but if they're going to package this up to jump to the top 10, there will be a tackle in the top 10. You would think so, but it's possible that all four tackles go before number 10. Well, anything's possible. Well, I've had it mocked a couple of times that they go That's before fair. number 10. That's fair. Saying. I mean, it's like it's, there's a legitimate chance. If there's a legitimate chance that a tackle goes number one, number three, number four, and number six. There is yeah. a legitimate chance of that. I don't think they can move up that far with this. Yeah, uh, at the same time, they, they do. They would probably be in range for an offensive lineman. Say if they have a guard, they're comfortable moving out to tackle already. It could make sense for them to be targeting a Kenyon Green in this spot. Or a, I if know. I if I'm looking at the top ten, realistically, the Giants will not take two linemen with their top with their two they should picks. take an offensive lineman and a defensive they lineman. they right they will take one of those will be a lineman the only team that i don't see drafting an offensive lineman at all in the top 10 is detroit at number right. two 
because they we've talked about it before they've been building their line quietly for about three years and you really yeah. did start to see dividends in it this year i don't i agree you almost have to get up to number two or work something with the jets who have the number 10 pick as well try and get that number four from them or well, maybe the giants get that get that seven they'll probably will you know willing to work something out to give that up I don't think the Jets are going to go after a tackle at number four, and I, I'm I'm going to say this: there's one name that sticks out to me. They also drafted a lineman, uh, a tackle in the first round last year as well, but they got Mackay Becton and then another tackle. So the Jets should not be going Who's after a tackle. tackle. Here. I I forget his name off the top of my head. Exactly. And well, also, Mackay Becton was hurt last year, and we don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to go. Well, that's fair. Uh, and if he is, it's not like he was that amazing at left tackle last year it could make a lot of sense to move him to right tackle and get a legitimate left tackle at four. If Evan Neal's there, why would you not take that chance? That's fair. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of scenarios here, and I don't see one. Oh, it, it wasn't a tackle. It was Elijah Vera Tucker. That's who they took last year. Yeah. Yep. Def- definitely a guard. <laughs> yep. Yes, um, he is. Ah. Uh, it's more interesting to me that the Eagles are moving out of this draft with this move. I find that very fascinating. They're picking up extra picks in 23 and 24 instead of really like uh, doubling, tripling down on this year's draft. It kind of makes sense to me. You don't necessarily need all of these positions that will be available in your range. And maybe you're thinking you can use some of these picks to move up for a quarterback next year. Or maybe, maybe you really do like Hertz and you want to build around him long-term. This is a way to do that over the course of multiple years. Instead of having to pay three, you know, first round fifth year extensions at the same time, because those get pretty expensive. Maybe you're trying to plan that far ahead. I don't trust the Eagles to plan that far ahead, but that's possible too. All sorts of weird things with this trade. This is a fun speculative move that we won't know the answer to until really either draft day or when another trade happens. We won't know the answer to how who won this trade until about five years from now. That's true. (laughs) That's, That's tough. That's tough. But I think that's the only trades that we know about. I don't think we miss anything, honestly. I think that's it. So let's talk about, do we want to talk about signings or do we want to talk about retirements first? It's up to you guys. Let's get the signings and end with the retirements. Sounds good to me. So I want to start us off with an unknown, uh, like barely... Nobody knows this guy's name, but I think it's a really cool story. Uh, Sandro Platzgummer has been re-signed by the New York Giants. And now I know that nobody knows who that is. He's been on the practice squad for the Giants for two years, but he is part of the NFL's International Player Pathway Program after having played for Austria for five years and is sticking with the Giants. I think that's really cool. I like that story. I hope he succeeds. Looking forward to seeing him do well in the NFL. Last preseason, he did bust out a 44-yard run. So they're keeping him around. 
and maybe this is your Saquon Barkley replacement. Who knows? I, no, dude, I've been saying it, man. <laughs> and you, you chastise me for it, and then you're like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> I chastised you for it during the draft last year, but then he got like barely played again. So I'm, I'm on board now. I, I was just where everybody else needed to be at draft time last year. Sure. I I mean, I should have – I we were saying the same thing about, uh, about Christian McCaffrey. I don't understand why it took another injury another year to be able to say it with our full chest about Saquon Barkley. It's the same thing. I mean, I still didn't want to say it about Christian McCaffrey. So – Anyway, never draft a running back in the top 10 of the draft. <laughs> Fantasy or actual. What did we learn? So let's go ahead and talk about some other big signings now. Um, for example, Bobby Wagner. <laughs> hey, he finally gets signed. And it's not a small contract like we were all expecting. I don't know about I'm, you guys. I was I'm expecting impressed. like a one, two-year contract. Right. Nah, Bobby coming in with a five-year 50 mil contract. Like, let's go win some championships, boys. He's to only a one divisional up, rival. Only one up by one other man with a five-year $90 million contract. This is your guy, Todd. Hey, at least we have settled him and made him the highest-paid corner like he wanted to be. And hopefully we shut him up for another two seasons until somebody signs until a bigger somebody, contract. Yeah. 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 And, that, and at that point, you got to say, look, dude, go find somewhere else to bitch about this. You're done. Like, not if you keep getting interceptions from me. I will pay you if you keep getting interceptions. I mean, that's your decision, not mine. Um, Patrick Peterson's also back and much cheaper than Xavier Howard. Uh, he's yeah, back yeah, in he is. Minnesota, by the way, which still sounds weird to me. Uh, but he's going back to the Vikings. Another year, one year, $4 million. Um, Houston picked up Marlon Mack. I love Marlon Mack. Very exciting stuff. I, I hope he heals up right. Like I said, there's some issues right. with with uh, Achilles injuries and returning from them, but we'll see. Uh, New Orleans picked up a Western Kentucky offensive lineman in Forrest Lamp. I have always liked Forrest Lamp way more than he has deserved based on his actual performance in the league. His uh, name is two letters off of what it would be to be the greatest NFL player of all time. Change that LA to a GU, and we we're in business, man. Wow, that's no. Anyway, um, Pittsburgh picked up another safety in Carl Joseph. I also very much like Carl Joseph. Um, more of a in the box safety, really, than a single high or anything like that. Interesting pairing with pairing with Minka. Yeah, I mean. Pittsburgh has good safeties. It's kind of what they do. Uh, Solomon Thomas is on the New York Jets now. I like Solomon Thomas pretty good. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe the Jets can actually have some you know, defensive line production for once in their miserable existences. Got um, it. Jabril Peppers has re-signed for $2 million for one year. I couldn't believe he's getting that little money. I can't believe he's still in the league, though, at the same time. Uh, kind of fair, but also uh, he's better than that when he plays. <laughs> Is he? Uh, sometimes. 
Uh, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson got his fifth-year option picked up. So did Brian Burns. I mean, of course they did. But it's interesting to see how much these are going for, especially after that big discussion we had with the Eagles and the Saints picking up you know, first-round draft picks. TJ Hawkinson, his fifth-year option is $9.4 million. That's not cheap for a tight end. Uh, Carolina's paying Brian Burns $16 million for this fifth-year option. No defensive end, but he wasn't a top-five pick or anything. That was like – I mean, that's, that's not – that's not unreasonable for a defensive end anymore, I guess. But it's just crazy. You are going to be paying these guys reasonable high-end market value yep. if they do get to that fifth-year option. Interesting to talk about. Um, go back to New Orleans a second. Andy Dalton's still in the league, getting some backup contracts. One year, $3 million to come down to New Orleans. Respect. I like it. Good for both parties? I think so. Yeah. And then you wanted to talk about the Bears, I guess. I've never heard of this guy in my life. Yeah, I still don't know who he is. Here's why. So do either of you even know what an ERFA is? I know it's a restricted free agent. I don't think he is. It is not a restricted free agent. It's an exclusive rights free agent. Yeah. So Jesper Horsett signed a one-year deal, and I've seen people argue that he uh, he was just Horses. What's his name? Right. Jesper Horstead. Okay. I've seen people argue that he was just misused by Matt Nagy, and here's why. Here's his career numbers. All right. Career numbers, 10 receptions on 13 targets, 108 yards, three touchdowns. Here, I have a better breakdown. He's been in the league for two years. He played two seasons. Three touchdowns out of 10 receptions ain't bad. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. He played six snaps last year. Targeted three times, two receptions, both touchdowns, 21 yards. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, something for efficiency, right? I, I don't know that this is I, – I don't know what the, the purpose so, of this is, but I, I don't dislike Jesper Horstead. He was one of the 40 tight ends that I was okay with them keeping. It was like him, Jesse James, Cole Komet. And if Jimmy Graham wants to come back, he can, but those are the four. We don't need any more. And even that is pushing it with how many tight ends I'm comfortable with on the roster. So so to clarify it too, an exclusive rights free agent is kind of honestly similar to an MLB free agent who's going up for arbitration uh, in that he has less than, in the NFL, it's less than three accrued seasons. So rather than put him out on the open market, it gives the team basically right of first refusal to re-sign him and negotiate with him before any other team can approach him. And he he skipped the COVID year. I don't know if he uh, was hurt or opted out intentionally. Either way, it doesn't count did, as an accrued season. So Yeah, he did not play at all in 2020. He's, he's a Princeton boy, so he's just following the Ivy League. I mean, yeah. yeah. Ivy League decisions rule. All right. So that's it for signings. Uh, I mean, there are some other things that happened, I guess. I mean, I don't really care enough about Adoree Jackson converting his salary to signing bonus. I do. That's awesome. Okay. Fuck yeah. Salary cap doesn't matter. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up again. (laughs) Uh, The Falcons did get a long snapper. Bo Brinkley. Big news. They didn't draft one? I thought that was the new thing. The new hotness. No. Only if it's in the first round. All the the good ones are going to be gone by the time the Falcons are picking. So... 
and the Browns picked up Corey Bohorquez. So what? big, big special teams action. God bless you. Say that again. Corey Bohorquez. What Hunter. a fucking name. Have you never heard of Corey Bohorquez? Obviously not. Wow. All right. That's worse than News last name. No, it is not. It's just from New Mexico. It makes total sense if you look at it once. Corey Bohorquez. No. News name makes sense if you look at it once and you realize he's a Pacific Islander. Well, you can tell that, but you don't know how to pronounce it by knowing that information. Okay. Yes, I know. I know. I could pronounce that. There you go. It's not that hard. That one. That one is pretty easy. But the things that we do need to talk about are the retirements. So we have two retirements to talk about. Uh, First up, I I would say we'd talk about Malcolm Jenkins first. Um, former Jim Thorpe Award winner in college at Ohio State was first round pick by the New Orleans Saints where he won their first ever Super Bowl and then went in free agency and won the Philadelphia Eagles their first ever Super Bowl, making him the uh, one of, I don't know how many players there are to have won multiple first Super Bowls for their franchise, but that's got to be a very short list. I do know he is the only player in NFL history and will only be the only player in NFL history to have beaten both Peyton Manning and Tom Brady for their Super Bowl titles. I love it. That's pretty pretty wild. Um, in 2020, Jenkins did return to New Orleans again via free agency. Um, in total, he's appeared in three Pro Bowls, two All-Pro teams, one first team, one second team. And he did win the NFLPA's 2016 Allen Page Community Award. He has done a lot of community service uh, especially centered around mental health. I know his community service award was for his work in Philadelphia, but he's done a lot in New Orleans as well. You know, it, he's one of the reasons that Ohio State fans like to call him the New Orleans Buckeyes. They like their Ohio State guys in the first round, and it's not just Malcolm Jenkins, but, you know, there's a bunch of Ohio State guys on that defense for a while. And Malcolm good. Jenkins was really one of the cornerstones of that. Really a fantastic safety not necessarily one of the best in the league, but he was like a really solid guy that you were never really looking to replace. And, you know, hate to see him go from the league. He was a, he was a very fun player to watch. I liked him a lot. No, I honestly, and he felt young his entire career too. Like I always knew the name. The name was always common to me, but it always felt like he was still new to the league. Like it always felt like he was a young dude, young gun, but I, I didn't realize he was, literally in the league since what was that 2006 2008 when the saints won the super bowl i think that was 09 but that was close around then the other big name retiring is frank gore announced his intentions a couple days ago to sign a one-day contract with the team who drafted him and retire as a member of the san francisco 49ers uh, Gore was a third-round selection for the 49ers out of Miami in 2005. Man, the early 2000s were just – what a time for Miami. What a time it's, for running backs, man. It sucks that we're not going to get to see Frank Gore play with Frank Gore Jr. Right. 
that right was now. that was legitimately my initial thought. And by the way, the Super Bowl that the Saints won actually took place in 2010, but it was from the 2009 season. season. It counts. Yeah, it it gets all confusing. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page with that. Okay, uh, so back to Frank Gore. Um, so over the course of his first 10 NFL seasons, Frank Gore became the 49ers' leading rusher all time. He then went on to play for the Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, and New York Jets. He almost completed the AFC East tour in four straight seasons, no Bill less. Bill Belichick would have never allowed that. He hates running backs too much. <laughs> That's why he has a different one every year. What are you talking about? He yeah, loves signing running backs. Frank he doesn't like sign, love signing them to long-term deals. Frank Gore is like a known running back, though. We can't allow that. Yeah, yeah. We only <laughs> signed unknown running backs like Brandon. No names to one-year deals. That's like what Garrett he's all about. Blunt, who couldn't play for anybody but Bill. Now there's a guy I would have thought to follow the Ricky Williams, you know, style of play. <laughs> where, well, Garrett Blunt I... is rolling him up on the sideline. I got high and forgot I wasn't supposed to get high. So Frank Gore's accomplishments were too long for me to type, so I just literally took a picture of a list of his accomplishments from another website here. Because the I website was Wikipedia. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to read off a bunch of these. I'm not going to read all of them. Um, but I do want to start with five Pro Bowls. He did make a second-team All-Pro. Surprisingly, no other All-Pro selections. Just one of the most, most best things you can say about Frank Gore is he was always available. And availability is the best ability. So not only that, he was an NFC champion. He did win um, Pro Football Writers All-NFC Team Award. Uh, he was the most improved player in 2006. He has rushed for over 10,000 yards in his career, specifically the franchise record for the 49ers at 11,073 with them. Uh, also has, I mean, multiple 49ers franchise records. Most scrimmage yards in the season at 21, basically 2,200 yards in 2006. Uh, that year he had basically 1,700 rushing yards with them. Most consecutive seasons in NFL history with at least 500 yards rushing. Most consecutive seasons with at least 600. Most consecutive seasons with at least 700 yards rushing. All belong to Frank Gore in NFL history. Pretty incredible. Also, like I said, availability. NFL record for most career games by an NFL running back at 241. In my eyes, Frank Gore is a surefire Hall of Famer. Oh, 100%, man. And you already hit it. He is an Ironman running back. He might not have the Ironman record like Joe Thomas of consecutive snaps, but here's the thing. You're talking 16 straight seasons of 500 yards. Frank Gore is not your flashy running back. He is not going to juke you out of your shoes and run down the field, blow by you. But he is the, I give him the football, and I can pretty much bank on me getting three to four yards every single carry. He is your ideal old school running back that punches you in the mouth when you hit him. And it's, ah, man, it, it, it it hurts to see him go, but I, I love watching Frank Gore play. Did you did you hit the one of five and one of four running backs? I did not. Yeah, if you if there's any doubt that he is a Hall of Famer, let's put him in comparison to some of the all time greats, right? One of five running backs in NFL history with at least nine one thousand yard seasons. The other four: Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Curtis Martin. 
one of four running backs in NFL history with 15,000 career rushing yards. The first three guys I named, Ebbett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, those are the other three. Right. You're talking about the best to ever do it at that position. Third in all-time rushing yards. Right. Yeah, right. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's good company. That puts him behind who? Walter Payton and Jim Brown? Right. Emmett Smith? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many rushers. Or it might be. Did. It might actually be Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. It's got to be. Yeah, he's behind one of the two in the more than fifteen thousand rushing yards. But I don't know which of the two. I mean, I have to look this up now. By the way, it literally. I've got it pulled up too. You know what's really fascinating though is he has exactly sixteen thousand rushing yards on his career. That's really what fun. a time to call it, man. He Emmett uh, Smith and Walter Payton. Barry Sanders is fourth behind him. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Would have played one more year. He might have broken Walter Payton, but he wasn't catching up to Emmett Smith. Nobody is. No, Emmett Smith would have been a tough one. I mean, the only guy that has a shot is uh, Derrick Henry, Henry, and that's if he can stay healthy. Which I'm not. I'm not going to start throwing him in a question here. But ooh, right. Good luck with that. He's currently number seventy-one on the list with only six thousand seven hundred ninety-seven yards. Yeah, he would need to do this for another. 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which <clears throat> just, you know, ain't going to happen. But it'd be really cool if it did. Uh, I don't think Michael Jenkins makes the Hall of Fame. I really don't. As much as I love him as a player, I do think Frank Gore makes the Hall of Fame. Malcolm Frank- Jenkins, I think, is Hall of Very Good and definitely going to be a footnote. Uh, Frank Gore, I, I don't, I think you're right. I think he's for surefire Frank- guy. Frank Gore's a first ballot. You, you have to be a first ballot, Frank. Granted, so, uh, he didn't know much, but he knew running the football. Another interesting note is that technically Frank Gore's last season was 2020 because he was unsigned last year. Yep. He didn't officially retire. So he will be first eligible for the Hall of Fame however many years is required after 2020. It won't be from his date of retirement, yeah. technically. Um, so 2025, I guess, and not 2027. Right, twenty twenty. Yeah, not twenty twenty. So, I am curious. All right, so Malcolm Jenkins was an All American. He will not make the NFL Hall of Fame. He does, however, have a tree in Buckeye Grove at Ohio State. So, I, I would like, be able good to enough, I guess. I, I could live with that. <laughs> cool. No, oh, come on. That is a really cool tradition. Don't, don't. I, don't I don't. Know. I just don't know much about it. So, Literally. it's just it's crazy to me that we've been taking so long to legalize marijuana, and Ohio State's been doing it for years. I mean, just growing it on their campus. Every all American gets a tree in Buckeye Grove. A Buckeye tree in Buckeye Grove. <laughs> really cool. Oh man. I love how he just ignored you there. Best response possible. With you so much. I walked through Buckeye Grove not that long ago. It was really cool, but I didn't see Malcolm Jenkins, and so I was looking to make sure that he was an All American, and he is. So we're good. Look, look, it's that time (laughs) of the show. Finally, we can stop making fun of Ohio State. (laughs) 
Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's not what this means. Oh. That's not what this means. Darn it. We do get to hear your beautiful voice sing <laughs> to us, good though. Time. And I want to add, too, if you are joining us on Twitch, uh, feel free to stick around and live vote uh, to yeah. help influence the polls here. We would love to have it. And Doug, take it away. Let's go straight into it. No time, guess, no time like the present. I guess we don't get to hear me sing. That's all right. I'm good with that. So first matchup of the day, we do have 2010 Tom Brady up against 2001 Kurt Warner. And on social media, this one was pretty dang close, but Kurt Warner ended up taking it especially with that Facebook poll. Um, yeah, Kurt Warner. But which one do you think needs to move on? Honestly, to me, it's a no-brainer. You look at him, you have same touchdown, same interceptions. So I'm looking at completion percentage of passing yards. You can see it right here in front of you. There is absolutely no question. This could be a Kurt Warner for me. Yeah, I'm going to give Kurt Warner the redemption here uh, because, as you can see, they're NFC champions. Well, who'd they lose to? <laughs> that was the oh, start. Maybe. That was the start of the evil empire right there. So give Kurt Warner a little redemption here and give him this victory over Tom Brady that he wanted so, so bad uh, in that 2001 season. I love it. I Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Tom Brady's got, I think, two more left still. So. Um, I think just one more. Just one more? Was it one I, more? I think I can't it's just remember. 07 Brady. Everything is yeah. blending together, and it hurts my head. Yeah, that oh. – we only have one Tom Brady remaining in this bracket, and that will be next week. He's not even appearing again today. Well, yeah, we'll talk about him later. We'll talk about him. Just wait. Just wait. But next matchup we have to talk about is Lawrence Taylor against Walter Payton. This is a meat grinder of a contest. I absolutely hate that we have to eliminate one of these guys, but that's the way brackets work. Um, and Walter Payton pun intended, ran away with this one on social media. Let's start with Tug. Man, this is tough. I I want to go Lawrence Taylor here. Uh, the man was a beast. He's our, what, the most recent defensive player to win, win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 and a half sacks, five passes defense means he's getting up there at the line of scrimmage creating a bunch of issues team went team won the super bowl and then two forced fumbles on top for a little bit of gravy yeah i'm, I'm gonna go lawrence taylor here couldn't have done it without cocaine <laughs> damn uh so much like you know we call the the mvp just it's the best quarterback award at this point right you take you know take a step back as an offensive player award it makes sense that Lawrence Taylor isn't getting the love here. It makes sense that Walter Payton is. And that uh, Walter Payton is one of the few running backs we have left. I think we have two left on the other side of the bracket, maybe just one. Again, everything's starting to run together in this bracket at this point. I mean, three, depending on whether you count Jim Brown as a running back or a fullback. Right. Uh, that being said, I, I'm i going to go with Walter Payton because, I mean, we've already talked about some of the other accolades from his Hall of Fame career. And, like, in this episode, we've talked about Lawrence Taylor's accolades. A lot of them revolve around this season specifically. You could argue maybe that makes him a better MVP overall. But I, as decisively as Walter Payton won, I'm going to stay, you know, it was going to 
Lawrence Taylor is going to have to do some work for me to really consider going the other way for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking Walter Payton. 11 fumbles is tough, but Walter Payton does move on here, and I think that's probably the right oh, decision. Oh, God. We have a nightmare scenario for Ben next week. He's going to pick between <laughs> Kurt Warner and Walter Payton. Yeah. Or not next week, but in, in the in next two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Exciting. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, this next matchup is one of Bugs' nightmares, though. Uh, the Tennessee man, Peyton Manning, in 2013, up against Patrick Mahomes, 2018. Probably the closest we've ever come to replicating 2013 Peyton Manning stats. Um, yeah, in what some people consider to be the next great quarterback. And I mean, so far he's shown it. Social media did go with Peyton Manning on this one. Oh. Wow. What happened there? Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> I um, ruined it. It's ruined. <laughs> social media just go with Peyton Manning, but what do you guys think? Ben, I'll let you take it first. Oh, man. I mean, he did everything that Patrick Mahomes did. He just did it better. Even had fewer losses. Went further in the playoffs. It's hard to not go with Peyton Manning, right? He's the OG Patrick Mahomes, the new hotness. And this was after Peyton Manning had all the neck and you know neck surgeries and stuff, right? This was like his comeback year. So that kind of adds something to it that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have. For all intents and purposes, this was Patrick Mahomes' rookie season. So, That's oh, man. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Say his name. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Dude, no. nailed it. <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with Peyton Manning. Wow. Oh, it hurts. I, I was hurts. I gotta to go wash my mouth out. I was expecting you to go with Patty Mahomes, but you're right. It, it's sitting there right in front of us, man. There's no reason to go with him. Doug, you you said it too. This is the closest we've gotten to 2013 Peyton Manning. Well, unfortunately, he didn't surpass 2013 Peyton Manning. So, 2013 Peyton Manning's going on. God, All that right. offense was fun to fucking watch, though. Sure was. Yeah, it was. Last matchup of the day, we have 1994 Steve Young up against 1996 Brett Favre. You already so, know how this one Yeah, doped social out. media did go with Brett Favre. Um, it was definitely not as close as I thought it was going to be, though it was still relatively close, you know? Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Um, I, I don't have the problem with Brett Favre's that I do with Aaron Rodgers, right? Like I, I'll just I'll say that out front so we're clear on all this, right? This is legitimate. I don't understand how Brett Favre got as many votes as he did, though. I understand he's probably more popular than Steve Young, personality-wise and the like, but I don't understand how that relates to him winning the way he did because it was a fucking landslide. I was shocked looking at the results. I actually had to go back and check, I think, the uh, Instagram results or the Facebook maybe. I looked at it and I was like, there's no way this is right. But that's that's how it shook out. I mean, the one poll was landslide, but the other polls kind of made up for it. Overall, it was relatively close still. I I don't agree with it, and I think the proof is in the pudding when you look at the numbers, right? Passing yards, okay, we'll call that. Kind of wash, obviously. Got to give a little edge to Steve Young. He does have more passing yards. Touchdown to interception, that's basically a wash. 
overall, Brett Favre has one aggregate better touchdown, but then you look at the completion percentage. Steve Young had over a 70% completion percentage, and Brett Yard, Brett Favre had a 59 Brett you know, Yard under, is the best way of describing Yard. it. Either he was throwing it the length of the yeah. yard or it was going the other direction. It's just and, – and that's why when he retired, he held every record, good, bad, and different. He held every passing record in the NFL, right? <laughs> I, I, I cannot agree with social media right now. I got to go with Steve Young. Ben, you, you love inconsistencies, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to pull out something we haven't brought yet to the table this far into the bracket. Uh, you already said one reason why I'm leaning the way I am, and it's the 70.3 completion percentage. But we also forget that uh, Steve Young is uh, the one historically good left-handed quarterback in the NFL that we've pretty much ever seen, at least to play at the level that he did. He's like the only one. In fact, he's the first NFL Hall of Famer that's a lefty quarterback. Um I'm going with Steve Young because he's a lefty and he can complete passes and do it efficiently. Mm, music comes down to me, huh? Yeah. Hmm. What's a way that I can make this work? <laughs> Completion percentage. I want to see their rushing stats. Yes. Oh, God. oh my it's Steve God. Young by a mile. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Just for giggles. I want you to add up the yards, Joe. I want to see if it actually reaches a mile. No, it does not. Uh, Steve Young, that was like one of his lower seasons by a lot. Um, only 293 rushing yards for him that year. Oh, okay. But Brett Favre had 136. So, yeah, not close. Um, one thing that sells it for me, I am okay with fewer touchdowns if you have fewer interceptions as well. You know, take care of the football is the number one priority. Um, and he's taking care of the football to another level, too. Not only does he have fewer interceptions, he's completing right 11%, almost 11% more. I, I don't see the actual numbers here, but the yards per attempt, just based on the completion percentage has to be significantly in favor of Steve Young. Right, right, for sure. Um, another thing that pushes this in Steve Young's favor is the fact that we still have Brett Favre in the bracket. We will see him next week, uh, but he is not moving on here. This is a 3-0 in favor of Steve Young from us, and I think that's well-deserved. This is, I think it's the second time we've had to do this for Steve Young. Yeah, I think so, too. Out of the abyss. But, man, Dude, this is an incredible season. Well, I don't know why he's not getting any love. I don't know either. But, you know, why we're here, that's why we have the rules set up the way we do. So we can correct any inequities, such as Steve Young possibly not moving on this bracket when he should have. <laughs> so, yeah, the next week, we will also have four matchups to talk about. Lamar Jackson in 2019 and Jim Brown's last MVP, Ooh. 1965. The Cleveland Browns versus the new Cleveland Browns. We also have another running back up next, LaDainian Tomlinson, up against Kurt Warner again, 2006-1999. Wow, what a matchup that is. Uh, Kurt also, Warner looks so young. I know. 
Which is remarkable because he was old even then. I know. The this... actor who played him in his movie looked older than he does in that picture. Yes. The entire time. Even when he was supposed to be playing in college. Yep. <laughs> Uh, next matchup we have next week is Tom Brady in 2007 up against 1995 Brett Favre. Wow, this is gonna be a fun conversation. The very different style of play here. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and this, is, this is peak Tom Brady versus probably peak Brett Favre. Favre. Yeah. yeah. And the final matchup next week will be 2020 Aaron Rodgers up against the Lions legend. Barry Sanders. One of the best running backs of all time. What can I say? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, he's setting it up now. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> he's still very mad about having to move on Aaron Rodgers over Thurman Thomas, but it's definitely something that happened, <laughs> and we're sticking by it. So. <laughs> it was also it something that should have happened. It hurts a lot. Absolutely. So stay tuned for those polls. You can find them at the social media links that have been scrolling along the bottom of the screen this whole episode if you've been watching us. Uh, Twitter.com slash BDTFootball. Facebook.com slash BDTFootball. Instagram, we are BDT underscore football. And you can also, I mean, email us, reach out to us any way you can think to do so. Patreon, you can get access to our Discord server. Talk to us there. Convince to write a book. Right. That's all options on the table. For sure. If you want to fund my existence while I take time off work to write a book, feel free. I'm on board. <laughs> um, and really, that's all that I've got for this show. What do you guys have to say? Any closing arguments? Closing statements? Nah, man. Nothing. Nothing for you, Tug. Wow. Nope. All right. That's, Quick and easy. that's impressive. I will say, though, I got one for you. Okay. Why didn't Han Solo enjoy his dinner? It was a little chewy. It was a little chewy. I hate it. Nailed it. I hate both of you. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for listening and watching. And just remember, you can't win a game.